We're going to be in Romans chapter 8. And we're going to pick back up in verse 15. That's where we stopped last time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read verse 15 through verse 20. So if you turn to verse 15, when you're there, say amen. Amen. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Okay, uh, we're going to pick back up in verse 15. Um, we got to the part that says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Dad, read, whereby we cry. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He's good. Slaves were never allowed to say Abba to a master. So once again, we're, we're talking about ourselves here. We're still at the benefits uh, of the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit, the benefits of Calvary. But yeah. we're still in that. One of the benefits is the fact that we can call him Father. Yeah. We can call God, the creator of all things, Father. And really the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to write these words to show that it's not the same, it's not like a master. A master could never, a master, slave could never call their master or the owner, basically, father. Right. That was a... Yeah. But yet we can call God father. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because it's a much closer relationship. Remember Jesus said to his disciples that basically the, the master never shares with the servants his yes. plans or yes. purposes. None of that thing. But yet, I've just told you. Yes. Right. Because it's a lot. We're, when we're joined back together with God in Christ, it's a whole lot closer yeah. than just... God's the master, I'm the slave. He says do this and I need to do it. And if I don't do it, yeah. yeah. That's sometimes how we think about it. In our own heart, in our own mind. We never say it and we never tell anybody, but in our own thinking, in our own thought processes that are wrong, we believe that if I disobey, get ready. I'm like a slave and a slave master. I'm about to get the rod. Yeah. But yet we see more about Father. 
which at times, if you had a good earthly father and you went, you was going your way enough, you were, you got the rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the fact that we can call God Father, yes, is yeah. Sometimes in my own prayer time, when I get to that part of the Lord's prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, I've had times that I didn't get any farther than that. I start praying, I'm just like, Lord, even I can call you Father, and next thing you know, I'm on the floor crying like a baby for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never get to the rest of the prayer, and I don't have to because the Lord has done what He needed to do right there. And all mm-hmm. I just recognized was that the Lord is my Father. Yes. I can call Him Father. Amen. And the Holy Spirit made that so real to my heart that yes. I'm just on the floor weeping. Yes. To really have it made real to your heart. It's one thing to read it and say, yes, I believe that in my head. And it's another thing to know yes. it through experience. And then the, the, the Spirit of God has made it so real to your heart that you can say, He is my Father. Abba is a Syrian term which Paul translates in Greek, the Father. The Holy Spirit enables the child of God to call God Father, which has done so because of Jesus Christ. That word cry, if you, you see it on that your handout from last week, the word cry is the Greek word there. And it means a loud cry expressing deep emotion. It speaks of much more than a mere title, but rather a relationship. You see, a slave and a slave master have no, there's not really a relationship. Whereas a father, that speaks of relationship. That's different. Yeah. Uh, verse 16. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. Should have been translated the Spirit himself. He is constantly speaking and witnessing to us a certain thing. It refers to a continual witness, something which never stops. Uh, on your handout, you'll see beareth witness with in the Greek, you have the Greek word, and it means to bear joint witness with or to bear joint testimony with some other person. So the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you in your sake bears witness with your spirit, your your human spirit, basically. We are triune beings. We have a spirit, a soul, and a body. We are one, but made up of three parts, spirit, soul, body. So the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. It's a joint testimony with your spirit. Hey, you are a child of God. That's how he makes it real to you. In your own spirit. To where you know that you know that you know that you know I belong to him. Nobody has to tell me. I know that I know that I know that I know, that I know, that I know, and there's nothing you can tell me because I know that I know, and now that's faith. Our spirit refers to the saint's human spirit energized by the Holy Spirit. In other words, our own spirit tells us we are God's children, 
but the voice with which it speaks is, as we know, prompted and inspired by the divine spirit in himself. The next part. That we are the children of God. Speaks of present tense, which means right now. It doesn't say that we will be the children of God. It means right now. You are child of God currently. Right now, in your current state and situation, you are a child of God. So, benefit number three is assurance. Assurance. Uh, verse 17a. Go ahead. And if children, then heirs. Speaks of a present position. If, the word if in the Greek means a fulfilled condition. So it says, and if children, so if it's a fulfilled condition. So if we are children, which if you're a believer, then you are a child of God. So you fulfill the condition of being a child of God. So if you fulfill the condition of being a child of God, then you are also what? An heir. The Spirit right now is constantly bearing testimony right now in company with our Spirit right now that we are children of God right now. Amen. Uh, next part, Dad. And joint heirs with Christ. Speaks of this adoption being the highest of all, not merely a secondary position. We could never have this position if not for Christ and what he did. The position and privilege of being joint heir with him is strictly because of his mercy, grace, love, and compassion. And not at all through anything we have done. Simple faith in him grants me all the privileges which he has with the Father. Sometimes you honestly blew me away. You just take take the time to like actually soak that in. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Everything that Christ has, I have because I'm a joint heir with Him. God, God God's redemption plan that you've entered into has made you a joint heir with Christ. And Christ has everything. That you, right now, are a joint heir with Christ. Everything that Christ has, you have. Everything that's true of Christ is true of you. Christ, as the eldest son, has purposely forfeited his place and position of double portion, rather making all believers equal with himself regarding inheritance. That's good. Say that again. The Jews, in Jewish culture, the oldest son received a double portion of the inheritance. Christ is our elder brother. Christ receives a double portion of the inheritance. Unlike the story of the prodigal son, Christ as the elder brother forfeited the double portion in order that you, the younger, might 
be considered Hallelujah. evil. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Wow. Hold my mule. <laughs> the elder brother, Jesus, forfeited the rightful double portion in order that I might be equal with him. See, in the Greek culture, there was no such thing as a double portion. The inheritance was equal. But not in the Jewish culture. That's right. The eldest brother had a double portion. Christ is the elder brother. He would have had a double portion. But he forfeited it in order that you and I might be joint heirs with an equal portion. mentioned the prodigal son uh, story a while ago about the unlike the, the elder brother and the prodigal son story which of course uh, the elder son and the prodigal son story was meant to illustrate the Pharisee but uh, you might have been wondering about that the story how did he receive the uh, he, he would have received his portion, remember how it says in the beginning of that story that he was, that they divided among them equally the inheritance. Uh, the father did when the younger brother wanted to leave. The younger brother got his inheritance. The elder brother had stayed and he evidently got his inheritance too because said he divided them among them. Yeah. But the elder brother would have received the portion from the father. It had been then been divided three ways. The elder brother would have gotten everything from the father when the father died. The younger brother had already received his portion. And that's what he's talking about there. And I never even thought about it along those lines that Jesus uh, forfeited that so that he may share equally in the inheritance. So that's really cool. What a Savior we have. Yes. Yes. My goodness. The benefits available through the Spirit. Number one, life and living. Number two, being led by the Spirit. Number three is assurance. And number four, inheritance. And we have finished that section.